Hello and welcome to the Anti Football Podcast. My name is Chris, and as always, I'm joined by the glorious, the you know, the wonderful, the the knowledgeable, the um, exquisitely handsome, the you know the just the, the the overall brilliant mind, the you know the peak human form, uh, Harry. So, how, how are you doing, oh. man? Couldn't have been talking about me then. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just trying to put you over a little bit. Um, uh, um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> this has been a proper shit start to the podcast. Um, might as well get fucking straight into it because not on the ball today. Jesus Christ. Um, fucking just talk about football, Chris. What the fuck are you doing? Leicester 2, Newcastle 4. What are your thoughts, Harry, on this really weird game? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. Um, Leicester... I, I, I don't know what it is with Brendan Rodgers or Leicester, but when they get to 50 points, that's sort of like, uh, we'll give up now. It's, it's sort of like when teams avoid relegation, they give up after 40 points. But Leicester have definitely got the quality to go and push on. And by doing so, they're putting their top four spot in jeopardy until another game. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we saw it last season as well with Leicester. You know, they managed to somehow bottle the top four despite being third for ages and ages. Yeah, I, I do not understand it. Maybe it's fatigue. That could definitely be a factor, particularly with how the season has gone and the, you know, the layout of it, mm. uh, the fixture congestion and what have you. But... Um, yeah, I mean, that's everyone. That's a problem for everyone. So mm. they have had um, issues with injuries. Harvey Barnes and James Madison. That's two big players to be missing. Mm. Um, but again, that's the same for everyone else. I I can't put my finger on what what's gone wrong or. Because they can be day and night, literally in, from one game to the next. It's really bizarre. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be able to get third place, you know, they, they got themselves into pole position to qualify for the top four. And then, you know, like, in the, in the last, not the last two games, because we'll get on to the game against Man United. But in the last two games, as of that point... They'd drawn against Southampton and they'd lost against Newcastle. Like one point from a possible six games when, you know, six points would have basically guaranteed you top four. Like it, it's just making work so much more harder than it has to be for themselves. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I just cannot put my finger on it. I... Do you have an answer? 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, whether it's down to, um, you know, fatigue, whether it's down to, um, you know, I think it might just be a case of burnout. I mean, we, it's we see it a lot with um, Brendan Rodgers' teams in general. I mean, look at um, that season where Liverpool almost won the league. Um, I know, obviously, Gerard slip and all that, but you know, still the form towards the end of the season really tailed off. I mean, at the end of that season, I think it was that season. It might have been the season after, but they lost six one on the final day at Stoke. Like, you know, oh, the, yeah. the form of um, Brendan Rodgers' teams really does fall off a cliff coming to the end of the season. And I mean, you know, that is some of the we've seen this we saw it last season particularly but you know it's something that we've seen this season again you know the uh, loss to Newcastle the draw against Southampton the loss to West Ham you know the it's you know it's not been great and I mean conceding four to Newcastle like that is just so poor like I mean I don't think Newcastle's scored four you know this season um you know, before this game, like they might have done in like a cup game against lower league opposition or something. But in terms of like league opposition, I don't think they've scored for this season. Uh, I mean, ten percent of Newcastle's goals this season have come in that game. Like, you know, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it it was just shocking defending from. Um, Leicester really and I mean I don't know why because um, Fofana I think has had a really good season uh, Castagna and Pereira are two you know very good defenders Soyuncu I think is bang average to be honest with you but I don't think he's bad enough to be conceding four to Newcastle I mean when you've got Wilfred and Didi in front of you like you know I, I, I don't see how they've conceded four to this Newcastle team Callum Wilson was up for it. Callum Wilson was up for it. And I think if... Because um, he's injured until the rest of the season now, and I think that's basically killed off his Euro chances. But I think if he was fit, I think they'd definitely have to be considering Callum Wilson for the Euros. Because I'd personally take him definitely over you know Bamford, who's the other one who keeps getting talked about. Oh, not Watkins then. Oh, yeah, and Watkins as well, sorry. Will you take him over Watkins? I'd take him over Watkins, yeah. Okay. I mean... Um, Striker-wise, oh. I would take Kane, Cowart-Lewin, Rashford. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I you know, can't argue that there's some um, great you know, choices. Um, but, I mean, I just think, you know, Callum Wilson, in in a Newcastle team as well, let's not forget, he has a goal or assist every 120 minutes this season. Like, for, you know, a team, you know, to say he plays for a team in Newcastle's position, those are incredible numbers. Goal every 1.3 games. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just mad. Like, Yeah. Mate, how, how much does he contribute to the Newcastle goal? 
goals. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think that that front two pairing of St. Maximan and Wilson, it just works so well together. It just complements them. You know, you've got St. Maximan who can make the runs. He can um, be, you know, the trickster. He gets all the flicks on. He runs at defences. And then you've got, you know, just the pure poacher in Callum Wilson. You know, I think that's a partnership that works really well. Agreed. Yeah, and when you've got someone like Willock, who's in top form, um, you know, when you've got uh, someone who makes, you know, good passes, good runs, like Almiron um, in midfield, like, you know, that... That is a you know that is a dangerous attack really for a team like Newcastle. Yeah, I mean they have a uh, Sam Maxman as you said. Uh, Fraser, I thought he'd been doing a lot better. Mm. He has especially been linking up with a former teammate in Callum Wilson because they were a pretty deadly duo mm. when they were at uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, he's not... I don't really think he fits into this um, system that, you know, Steve Bruce and Graham Jones have sort of um, perfected over the course of the season, Fraser. You know, they're playing with three in midfield and two up top. I don't really see where Fraser fits in there. I mean, do you put him in the front two? Do you put him in the centre of midfield? I, I don't think he really works in either of those positions particularly well. I bet he's played right wing back this season. Mm. For some reason, it wouldn't surprise me, no. For some reason, Bruce has an affinity with that. Mm. But he plays uh, Matt Ritchie out there, doesn't he? Ritchie's actually alright there, to be fair. And I think Jacob Murphy as well has actually done well at wing back as well this season. I know he's um, signing a new contract at um, Newcastle, which I think you know is a decent move. I think Murphy's had a really good season for him, to be fair. Mm, uh, I don't think I've seen enough for him to comment. Mm. Oh, well, I think he's decent anyway. Uh, I just remember that pissing goal what he scored against us. Um, Rather than at Norwich, though. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought he was at Cardiff, um, but I could be wrong. Uh, I don't think he's at Norwich. Um, You'd probably know better than me when it comes to yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I know he was at Norwich, but I'm pretty sure that. Um, he, I think he's at Cardiff, but I could be wrong. Um. I mean, Josh Murphy isn't really all that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But I think Jacob Murphy's had a good season. Um, and, yeah, like, I think, well, that's um, that along with um, us obviously beating Fulham. We'll get into that later. But those two um, combination of results have seen Newcastle be safe. Um so, you know, you've got to think about next season, really, for Newcastle. Um, what prospects do you see from Newcastle um, 
next season, you know, uh, we'll see, you know, an upturn in fortune. Because um, I think, you know, this second half of um, Newcastle's season has been really good for them. Um, and, well, not really good, but it's been better than it has been for a long while. Um, and it, it just, um, you know, makes you think that if they get this summer right, they could be cruising next season. Well, that's the thing. I mean, does um, does Mike Ashley want to invest with this uh, alleged Saudi takeover? He keeps taking it or wanting to take it to court. Mm. I mean, if, if his heart obviously isn't in Newcastle to even want to, you know, push through this sale. Mm-hmm. But I do understand the, the Premier League's uh, rejection of it because uh, apparently they were involved in the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, don't get it twisted. It's not like um, um, Mike Ashley hasn't spent money. You know, you're looking at 20 million for Callum Wilson, um, you know, 15 million for Lewis, obviously. 40 million for Joel Linton, 20 million for St. Maximan. Um, you know, he has spent a fair wad of money, 20 million for Almiron as well. He has spent a fair wad of money on some players in recent times. Yeah, I think it's how he's spent it. I mean, as you mentioned, Joel Linton, 40 million. Terrible. Mm. Yeah, but how much is of that is, you know, down to Ashley, though? I mean, you yeah, know, it. I think it would be um, a bit unfair to say that he doesn't invest. You know, just because those investments don't work out doesn't mean he's not spending them on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's whoever their director of football is. Mm. Organising and scouting the players. Mm. I mean, it's taken a while for Amon to get going, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, I think um, it's not really helped for the fact that Almiron, um, he's not really had a consistent position in this Newcastle team until, um, you know, recently. He sort of made that sort of number eight position his own, you know, he's definitely the most dynamic of the three midfielders that Newcastle have. Um, you know, and I think that that sort of role, you know, almost like the uh, Mason Mount type role, or a Jack Grealish role, I think that sort of suits him really well, especially in this um, Newcastle team that plays really, well, not really, but they do play direct football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is that too ambitious of a, of a style for... I mean, they need to improve their defence. They, they do have a league mm. defence. Yeah. And I mean, I like um, Lascelles. I think he's a good player. Um, but, you know, you look past that, I think Fernandez um, can have a good game, but I think that he's just a bit too slow and a bit too, like, sluggish to be a Premier League centre-back. I think he'd do really well in a championship, um, but I think for the Premier League, he's just a bit too sluggish. Uh, you look at Fabian Share, who has a really good shot on him, He's got a decent passing range, but his actual defending is quite questionable. Um, so, yeah, I think they could, you know, or should, at the very least, be looking at another centre-back 
um, in the summer Newcastle because I think that would definitely um, help to improve their defence. Because I mean, going forward, they've not been awful. I mean, they've scored 40 goals, which is more than any of the teams around them, really, with the exception of, New- of Southampton. But they've conceded 58 goals, uh, you know, which is, you know, you, when you look at Brighton and Burnley, the two teams who are one above and one below them, you know, have conceded 41 and 47. Like, you know, it it doesn't take a genius to show where the problems are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't... Their next season ultimately depends on external things like the ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, does Mike Asherfield, he's put a lot of money in the club, not getting not out. Yeah, I've only got Mike Asherfield on. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean... There's definitely a lot of... Um, potential with this Newcastle team and I don't necessarily mean that in terms of the players I just think you know there is a base that can be built off of with this Newcastle team you know it should be interesting to see what happens in um, the summer um, but yeah I mean if that's all you know, we've got to say about this match I mean we'll talk more about Leicester in detail when we get to the Man United game I'm sure um, but I mean if that's all you've got to say we to move on okay yeah, we'll move on to um, Leeds absolutely spanking Spurs. You know, they've beaten 3 1. Um, you know, Dallas, Bamford, Rodrigo getting the goals. Um, you know, that basically, if there was any hope left, that basically kills off Spurs' top four hopes. Um, and yeah, it was a really, really poor performance from um, Spurs. I think, you know, Dyer and Rigion especially um, had an absolute shocker at the back. Um, I mean, Eric Dyer came out and um, started banging on about how, um, you know, oh, it was unfair how, um, you know, that people were um, treating him, you know, treating his defending. But at the end of the day, he is a pretty bad defender. And this Spurs defence was pretty bad against Leeds. It was, yeah, agreed. I mean, every time I had the ball, they just kept giving it back to Leeds. It was almost like they were encouraging the attack. I mean, Ryan Mason just has no... I don't know what the tactic was. It was it was very much a, a team playing under a clueless manager. Mm. And for someone to have been under the learning tree of Mourinho for quite a long time that's shocking well I mean you know at the end of the day I mean there's players in that team what are older than Ryan Mason is like you know um he's it's his first job um and you know I don't think it's necessarily fair to um you know judge Ryan Mason off of this I think that it is clear that Spurs, you know, they don't have a direction. They, you know, their tactics aren't fully sort of fledged out. Um, you know, that's clear as day to most people. Um, but I do think Mason has sort of been thrust in at the deep end, you know, trying to turn around this 
um, Spurs team, what clearly, you know, their heads are down. They've been struggling for a while now. And you're asking a 29-year-old with no managerial experience to turn them around. I, you know, he's been thrown to the dogs a little thing, a little bit, I think, as Ryan Mason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know who they're going to have to bring in. Mm. Well, I mean, um, there's been quite a few names mentioned, um, and the two who seem to crop up the most, you know, despite what um, league positions suggest, are Graham Potter and Scott Parker. Uh, you can definitely see there's a passion from Scott Parker, but his passion, his passion, doesn't correlate to his uh, ability. Mm. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, again, we'll get more into Fulham when we actually talk about the Fulham game. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you've got a squad full of talented players you know you've got Anderson you've got Torsen you've got Ariola in net you've got Mitrovic up front you've got Luckman on the wing you've got Loftus-Cheekin on lawn you know you've got um Josh Madger up front you've got um Cavaliero you know you've got Bobby Reed you've got all these talented players and you've won five games all season and you're relegated with three games to go like to me that doesn't scream you know a manager who's ready to qualify who's qualified as ready to be managing Spurs who want to be in Champions League football. To me, that's not really a good pedigree. By the sounds of it, the Fulham board want to stick with uh, Parker, and he definitely mm. has his heart set on Fulham. Mm. Very emotional speaking after the game, wasn't he? Mm. And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I am a big believer that you know managers need time. This is Scott Parker's first job, don't forget. And, you know, this isn't me saying that, you know, 10 years down the line, Scott Parker could be a good coach. And I'm a big believer in stability breeds success. I mean, look at, you know, what's happened at Burnley. The fact that we've, you know, stuck with Sean Dyche and there's been plenty of occasions where we easily could have got rid of him. Um, But with that being said, you know, that doesn't mean that I think that Scott Parker is good enough to manage Spurs. I think if he did go and manage Spurs... I think he would be, you know, hugely exposed. Um, And, you know, I don't see who would work for Spurs. I I really don't. I mean, you know, you you hear the same names, um, you know, getting, um, you know, you hear the same names coming up all the time, you know, um, your um, Allegri's, um, you know, yeah, yeah, people like that. You hear them all um, being linked, um, and you know, there's no one really that comes to mind who would work for them. The only person really who comes to my mind, and again, I'll say that I'll say this for quite a few to you, really, is Rafa Benitez, because you know, for the past few years with Newcastle United, he was making chicken salad out of chicken shit. So you know, you've got to think. That he'd be able to do something with this first team. Maybe not. No. Yeah. yeah, but but I mean it's true, you know. 
at Newcastle, he was doing wonders. And I think that you know, you've got to think he'd be able to do somewhat with this Spurs team. Yeah, I mean, Spurs can definitely match the insane pay grade of uh, China. Mm. Well, he's he's not managing there, is he, anymore? Uh, you may be right. I think he's recently left. I think he left because uh, I I think he's moved back to England now, as Rafa. Okay, that's that's a good sign then. Mm. So I I think you know. If an English club, you know, someone like a Spurs were to come in for him, I, I don't think they'd have much trouble trying to convince him to join. You know, it's just a case of would Spurs want him, which you know, I personally much rather have Rafa Benitez be manager than Scott Parker if I'm in Spurs' position. But you know, maybe that's. Die! What the hell happened? No. Um, what What was the last thing you heard? A big smack. All right. No, I was just saying. You know, um, I'm sure Spurs wouldn't have any trouble trying to convince um, Rafa to go. The, you know, to go and be their manager. Um, and if I'm a Spurs fan, I'd much rather have Rafa be my manager than Scott Parker. But maybe that's just me. No, I don't think that's true. I think I think that's not a hot take at all. Mm. I mean, he's done it all, wasn't he? Really? Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, and it just feels like this Spurs team, you know, they need someone who can grab them by the scruff of the neck and you know force them to be successful and. Um, yeah, someone like a Scott Parker um, isn't going to be that. No, I mean, he's only really achieved... Uh, how did Firm get out? Was it playoffs or...? It was... They finished fourth in the league and they only just scraped through the playoffs despite having probably the best team in the league and being the richest team in the league. Uh, yeah, that... that. I think they were doomed then. I mean, if you had the quote-unquote best team in the league and richest team, you should be winning it by landslide. Oh, yeah. There's no reason why Fulham shouldn't have gone up through the automatics last season. they They had a far better side than West Brom did. Yeah, I mean... You, well, you, they got rid of the man, the man that took them out. Mm. And then the other man they brought in, I mean, I guess he put up a fight at the end, but it wasn't, it was too little too late. And he's not going to be there next season, so you've got to go and find somewhere else. And I'm sure they knew that as well at the time, so... You know, whether they stayed up or not. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. No. Um, but, I mean, you know, so, oh, that you're really wanting to go into this game, or, you know, where 
move on. Move on. Yeah. I mean, there's not really too much to talk about in this next game. Um, Crystal Palace beating Sheffield United 2-0. A team who's already down and a team who's already got to 40 points. Um, but it was just really good games. I want to praise the goal scorers um, as a has had a, um, a quietly good season. I think that, you know, he's not blown too many people away, but I think he's had a, you know, pretty solid season. And um, Benteke as well has absolutely revitalised his career. Um, you know, he was, a, he was a joke before this season, but I think, you know, this season, especially the second half of this season, he he's actually played really well. He's, you know, looked like, the Benteke that we saw all those years ago at Aston Villa, what convinced Liverpool to pay £30 million for him? I, w- I wouldn't say a joke before the season because he was at... Um, where was he at? He was at Villa and he did very well. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, you know, people were joking like, you know, Oh well, if Ben Teke scores past you, then you can just give up on football, like you know. But he's actually had a very good season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he's got a really good goal against Saints. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to think. I think last season, I think he had one goal um, in the league, and I think this season he's got eight. So it just shows the. Um, you what? He's eight times better. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it just shows the um, improvement that he's had this season. You know, it's been um, just been a really good season for Benteke. What's that? He's certainly, certainly playing with a lot more confidence. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing for a lot of um, forwards, is just confidence. Actually, I just remember the stat. Uh, Benteke's... Even though he's got like uh, some of the most headed goals this season, he's got one of the worst passing from an outfield player. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not really his job, is it, Benteke? He's just, you know, there to get on the end of headers. True. You know, he's not exactly like Timo Werner, is he? That's true. All right. Uh, But apart from that, there's not really too much to go into this... um, Crystal Palace Sheffield United game, so I'll let you talk about Chelsea, um, you know, winning the preview of the Champions League final against Man City 2-1. I'm sure you have quite a bit you want to say about this. Yeah, we did it with a rotated side, which was definitely a psychological blow uh, to uh, Man City, especially given that now that we've beaten them twice this season with Tuchel. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've, this will become apparent in the next game, but I felt like we should have scored more. We certainly had plenty of chances. I mean, I think we've got to be leading in most offside goals because yeah. mm. Werner can only seem to score when he's offside. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I just, you know, if it wasn't for his finishing, Werner would be so good, but he just can't finish. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean... I mean, I know the... kind of just like beating a dead horse with, you know, you know, saying the same things over and over again. But it's true. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I think the same goes for Havertz. I mean, he's been in on goal and missed so many one-on-ones. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what Tuchel needs to work on is when we get one-on-ones is to work on composure and keeping the bloody ball down because every time it goes over the bar. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 2-1, we had, it had to be left to the last minute. Really good goal by uh, Alonso. I don't know whether it was a scuff or a intentional but it beat Edison either way mm-hmm. um, I mean I, I think another talking point was that penalty mm. yeah I mean you know I don't think Aguero the thing is I don't think Aguero's done anything wrong there he's just been unlucky that Mendy's stood firm you know Nine times out of ten, keepers will dive for penalties. And he's just been unlucky that Mendy didn't. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You know, I I always say with penalties, he should just go down the middle. Because keepers never go down the middle. Because if they stay, if they stand firm and, you know, the penalty taker just puts it in corner, they look like a right twat. So, you know, they almost feel like they have to dive, even if they think the play is going down the middle. So, you know, I think Aguero's just been unlucky, really. Yeah, but in why, in that kind of game, you're the only player who I can think of to get away with that in such a big game was Pelo. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just, you know, bad luck. I mean, you know, it can work. It's just, it didn't work. I couldn't understand the reasoning behind it, is what I'm saying. It wasn't like, you know, he was an idiot. Like, he was just unlucky. It wasn't like it was a, you know, stupid thing to do. Well, I think it was a stupid thing to do. Why isn't he belting that? Well, I mean, the thought process is the keeper's probably going to dive, so I'll put it down the middle. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, Mendy was going to his left, and then he was like, "Oh, okay, thanks." Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I thought for sure it was going to be two now once mm-hmm. that penalty was given. I was, you know, when Aguero's hovering over penalty. Yeah, and that probably would have killed off the game. Agreed. Mm. All right, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, ZH, you know, managing to uh, bag the equaliser, and Mark Alonso getting a 90th minute winner. I mean, it feels like Mark Alonso, you know, along with the cockroaches, would be, you know, the only people to survive the apocalypse. Like, he, he just seems to stick around you know, year after year. Um, you know, and I think even next season, I think he'll have a role under Tuchel. 
you know, it, it it's just insane that for someone who has been criticised so often, not only by you, but by everyone, you know, he manages to stick around because he has such a good attacking output. He'd be a better winger than he would left back. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, he started off as a winger, didn't he, as a kid? Did he? I didn't know that. I think so, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it, that it. It, it just seemed, you know, like... You know, it, it seems like every single manager that he's played under, you know, whether it's been Conte, whether it's been Sarri, whether it's been Lampard, now with Tuchel, like, they all seem to find a role for him. You know, he forces himself into their plans, even if he probably wasn't. You know, it's, it's just so weird. You know, Londo's killed someone. Yeah, I know. Car. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Mm. Shouldn't he be in prison? Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it depends, you know, like, whether you're drinking or what. I mean, I, I don't know the circumstances behind it, so I'm not going to say it, but, you know, it's definitely iffy. I think if he were an ordinary person, he probably would be in prison. I'll say that. He wasn't even an established name at that point. Was he not? No. All right. Well, I don't know then. His dad, they would have known his dad. Yeah. Javi Alonso, yeah? Yeah, his dad, Javi Alonso. No, his dad was called Marcos Alonso. His granddad oh, no. was called Marcos Alonso. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine calling your kid the same name as you. Like, how arrogant must you be? Like, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, well, I'd look at pissing Ronaldo Jr. Is that Ronaldo, Ronaldo Jr.? Yeah, Cristiano's son. He's like eight. I think I, think I saw him, like, he scored, like, Eight in Juventus under nines or something like that in one game. Okay, so that's a kid to uh, give me scary then when he go grows up. Yeah, well you just know pissing um Ronaldo's working him to death, don't you? Yeah. What Messi? What Messi's? What's Messi's kids called? Uh, I've no idea. I mean, they're only young, aren't they? Yes. I mean, Neymar's named after his dad, Neymar Jr. Yeah. What are the juniors on? Right so. Why are we getting this topic? Uh, you're on about Max Alonso. Alonso, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's um, you know, no matter who the manager is, you know, he he's seen four different managers and he's he's done 
relatively well under all of them, really, with the exception of maybe Lampard. But even then, he had his games. You know, he was online at Bolton once. Was he? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, because, you know, Chelsea, but... What's Chelsea got to do with Bolton? Well, no, it's just that Chelsea always have, like, 120 players out on loan at any one time. It wasn't from us. Was it not? No, I think it was either Fiorentina or Real Madrid. Uh, Could you imagine Bolton getting a Real Madrid loan now? Yeah, when they're all of, you know, like, eighth in League One, eighth in League Two or wherever they are, like. Oh, yeah. Uh, What's it, is it the Macron Stadium now? What, Bolton's ground? Yes. Uh, I can't can't remember um, the... Um, official name because it's got one of them like um, shitty like sponsored grounds I think it's just I think it's just University of Bolton yeah yeah oh no officially it's the um, I think it's like the Reebok Stadium or something like that Uh, um, but yeah, Bolton shit, so I don't care. Um, but I mean, anyway, we move on to the um, unless you've got all else you want to add, sorry, because we didn't really touch on this game really at all. Um, yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Is there what else you want to add? Um, well, the next game kind of uh. Yeah, different feelings towards them. Mm. Aye, um, Liverpool managing to get a 2-0 win over Southampton, which they should do, really, to be honest with you. Um, Mane and Thiago, you know, pick up his first goal contribution of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, really, it was just, you know, a case of, you know, Liverpool were just the better team. Southampton didn't really do all bad, but Liverpool were just the better team. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case with a lot of um, these games this week, really, is there's not really been too many talking points. It's just a case of the better team won. Well, isn't that, like, basically every game? Well, no, because, you know, how many times, you know, this season have we said something like, um, you know, so-and-so's been unlucky, you know, they could have won that game or they should have won that game, like... Uh, but only one thing matters. Aye, true, yeah. There's only one stat that matters at the end of the game, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of that. Fuck it, I'm really not on it today. Um, aye, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's... So I really only to touch on this game, I mean, there's not really too much, I mean... Phillips and Williams played well as a partnership, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's fair. 
No. I think, really, it's just the effects of having Fabinho in midfield. I think the fact that, you know, when you have Fabinho in midfield, you know, it adds that extra layer of stability um, to that back line because they know they've got Fabinho in front of them. You know, so they're having to do less. And then that allows Trent more freedom to go forward. It allows Robertson more freedom to go forward. And overall, I think it just helps the team a lot better when Fabinho's in midfield. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Got more freedom. Hmm. Yeah, especially attacking-wise, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I don't even know what else I've got to say than that, but yeah. Mm. Uh, but um, yeah apart from that is there all else to add on to this game it's not really too interesting no you're right no um, right so I mean we can move on to um, Wolves you know going 1-0 down to Brighton but uh, managing to turn it round um, you know Lewis Dunk getting a goal early on um, and it looks like it looks like it would be another um, you know, absolutely shocking loss for Wolves this season after there's been far too many. Um, but Lewis Dunk with an idiotic red card that didn't have to be a red card um, led to, you know, Traore and Gibbs White in the 90th minute turning it round for Wolves. You know, what did you think of this game? Reckless Brighton. Basically ruining their own chance mm. to win. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing else to really build on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, because, you know, they were in the lead, they were playing well before um, Lewis Dunk got sent off. Um, but, I mean, you know, overall, you know, I think Wolves probably deserve to win that game. But, you know, you've got to think, you know, if, if Dunk stays on the pitch, because that was an absolutely idiotic decision there from Dunk. And if he stays on the position, on the position, if he stays on the pitch, it's a completely different game. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, look the extra, we've still got them, you don't give away that man advantage. Extra help at the back, etc. Mm. I mean, I mean Brighton. We can't really say they get unlucky, but in this one, they they screwed themselves in this. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, this wasn't a case of um, you know them you know, missing good chances or whatever. You know, just a bit of idiocy from Lewis Dunk, which you know has ended up costing him. Um, and yeah, Wolves, you know, managing to get a you know much needed win, um, you know, after drawing the East Midlands derby, after drawing, uh, not drawing, after getting spanked by Burnley, um, scraping past Sheffield United, scraping past Fulham, losing to West Ham, losing to Liverpool, losing to Man City, drawing with Aston Villa, drawing with Newcastle, they really needed a win um, to sort of give them an uptick in form because um, yeah it's been a it's been an awful season for Wolves 
this season, definitely. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, the question still remains of, you know, what's, what's the future hold for, you know, Esprito, Santo? Mm, yeah, I mean, if um, the rumours are true that um, George Mendes is trying to get, uh, trying to push um, Nuno onto Aston Villa, um, you know, it seems like something that, you know, could really benefit all parties involved, really. I think... Why, where's Dean, Dean Smith going? What's that? Where's Dean Smith going? No, it's just something that um, has come out that Mendes is saying, you know, Nuno is potentially available. Would you want him to Villa, sort of thing. Okay. Um... But yeah, I think that move would be, you know, sort of beneficial to all parties because I think Nuno is a good manager, but I think this sort of cycle at Wolves, because football, you know, it's all about cycles. You know, there's periods of dominance and then there's periods of being shit from all teams, really. Um, and I think this sort of cycle of, you know, Wolves, you know, dominance, well, not dominance, but, you know, success that Nuno has, you know, cultivated at Wolves. I think it feels like that cycle's sort of come, or is coming to an end. Um, and, you know, you've got to think that how long can he stay there for, really? Well, would they be looking at getting another Portuguese manager? Um, I'm not sure if you're insinuating um, any particular Portuguese manager who's currently unemployed at the moment. Oh, no, he's not unemployed. Never mind. I'm chatting out my arse. Um, no, I was just saying, do they want a Portuguese manager? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, again, it all depends on, um, you know, the plan that they have. I mean, the whole Portuguese sort of culture was built around well, A, George Mendes, but also, you know, um, Nuno, the fact that he's Portuguese, he wanted Portuguese players. Um, and you've got to think that that sort of club culture would leave with Nuno if that was to be the case that he leaves. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess it, Santos, uh, Nuno goes, then Jorge Mendes goes. Mm. And then do they want to bring in someone that is Portuguese so they keep that link with Nuno, uh, with uh, Mendes? Um, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a Portuguese thing I, that's, you know, keeping Mendes there. I just think it's the fact that he's one of their clients. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what other managers are managed by Mendes. Um, I'd have to, you know, look into that, but, you know. They have had a really um, good no, relationship. Saying, with... does, does, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it, uh, will Wolves be looking for a manager that still has links with Jorge Mendes that they can, you know, get in touch with to keep, you know, attracting the, these mm-hmm. big Portuguese players? Yeah, I mean, that is that is an option. I think, you know, um, obviously they've had a really good relationship with um, 
Paul Jimenez over the years. Um, and it's, you know, just a case of, you know, if Nuno were to leave, would Mendes want to renew that? You know, um, if, you know, they got rid of, if they basically made one of his clients unemployed, you know. Yeah. But then, how long can they sit with Mendes for? Up to hmm. Nuno for? Jeez. I'm getting confused because there's a player called Nuno Mendes. Yeah. I um, I think, I think they are going to stick with him personally. I think because a lot of um, this season's um, troubles have been down to um, you know losing key players. Obviously, losing Jota and Doherty in the summer, um, and you know the big injury to Raúl Jiménez um, has really hampered this season. Um, I, I think purely because of that, you know the injury to Jimenez. I think they probably will be giving Mendes, uh, not Mendes, pissing out, you've got me confused now. Um, I, I think they will be giving Nuno um, more of a chance. Um, you know, I can't, personally, I can't see anyone else except Nuno being the manager of Wolves next season. Or at least at the first game of next season, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, they they need a new striker. Better centre back. Mm. Yeah, that um sort of um you know Cordy. Well, basically the entire defence. You know Cordy, Bolly, Sice. Um, it's the same defence that they got promoted with in the championship, and I think you know. It's just not good enough anymore. I think, you know, Cordy in a back four doesn't work. Um, and I think Bolly at they times just five. looks like he's not asked. They were using a back five when they had Johnny. Mm. And I think that's another player they've missed. Mm, yeah. True, I forgot about Johnny, yeah. They've missed Doherty down, down the right or someone similar to him. Tomato hasn't been the player that they thought he'd be. I mean, he, he did score, didn't he score? I think he scored recently, yes, yeah, Samedo. Uh, but, yeah. you know, that doesn't make up for the fact that, you know, for £30 million, he's been a pretty poor signing for Wolves. I don't really know. I mean, the designs they have made are very expensive. I mean, with this whole, with COVID, that's going to take an impact on finances. Are they going to be able to go after a top Portuguese centre back, a top Portuguese striker? Well, I mean, you know, you have to consider. You know, they did get quite a bit of money in for Jota and um, Doherty. That's true. And, you know, it's not like money's necessarily been a problem for Wolves. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, with having a Chinese owner, the money is sort of being pulled out from Chinese owners. But, you know, they're not poor. Like, they still have a decent amount of money. Yeah, but 
they've spent 30 million on a player who's not worked out. They've spent 40 million on Fabio Silva. Probably expected. Who's an investment? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think thing is personally, I think the thing is with Fabio Silva is that you know from Wolves' point of view, it's not that bad because either you know they you know sell on Fabio Silva in a couple of years' time for more for a profit, or they keep him for about you know fifteen years and he's worth that forty million just because of how long he's been there. Yeah, but if he's if he's gonna constantly be in a state of constantly missing big chances, then forty million they're not gonna want to stick up with that kind of player. Well, that's just because he's young. You know, young players miss big chances. Like that's just something that happens. I just think of like Mbappe's only. You can't compare every single young player to Mbappe. No, but it's a, it was an extortionate fee for someone his age. Hmm. Yeah, but the fee's not his fault, is it? That's true. I don't know. I I just think you know, you you can't judge the Fabio Silva signing, um, you know, off of this season. I think you've got to wait a few seasons before we can say, you know, that was a good signing or it was a bad signing, really, because it wasn't for the short term gain, wasn't that signing? Yeah, no, I, I I assume they didn't want to play him as much as they have because mm. yeah I'm sure they'll wanted to ease him in more I don't know like it's just that the, the fee is what you know gets me right mm. oh yeah I can, I can understand that you know just based off of this season 40 million you know does seem like a steep fee. But, you know, at the same time, you've got to think that, you know, in, you know, three or four years down the line, that could look like a bargain. So, you know, it's all about perspective and it's all about giving, you know, an 18-year-old striker time. Like, you know, not every player is going to be a world beater at 18. I hope that that's not how much of an average teenagers are going to be nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, realistically, if they're coming from top clubs, they probably will be. Like, you know, I mean, you know, you got to think Porto got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Like, then it's not like they are a club what needs to sell their best young players. So, of course, they were going to want an extortionate fee. It's not like they were signing him from, like, Wigan or something. Yeah, but Brewster and Solange come to mind. Yeah, again, 
you know, they were coming from Liverpool. It's not like Liverpool needed the money. They needed to sell them. You know, if um, Fabio Silva played for, you know, I don't know, some like second division Portuguese club, he would not have cost £40 million. Yeah, but then you have that, um, what's his name? Kai Kai, he cost 15 million from Fluminense. Mm. Yeah, true, but I mean, you know, Brazilian players have always been that much. I mean, look at, you know, Gabriel Jesus. Wasn't, wasn't Neymar quite extortionate from Santos? Yeah, yeah. He, well, extortionate. He turned out to be worth it, because I, I think they might have made a profit on him, Barcelona. Um. Yeah, but it's quite a big risk. Yeah, no, 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 no. What I'm, what I'm saying is it was, you know, I think it was eight figures. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's about it for this game. Um, do you want to talk about Aston Villa and Man United? No. <laughs> I mean... I'm not going to say anything nice. Well, go on. It's, it's, you know, it's your show just as much as it is anyone else's. Um, you know, I want you to let your voice be heard, Harry. You know, that's why we listen to this. It's for you. Listen to your voice. Okay. Um, I, I feel the wrong team won. Because the standard of refereeing in the Premier League is one of the lowest in all the top five leagues, possibly the world. I mean, considering the resources that the Premier League has, you know, the standard of refereeing is rather poor. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch um, enough foreign football to be able to I don't watch enough foreign football to be able to say that it is the worst in the top five leagues oh, no, no, but, no. But, I watch, but I watch enough Premier League football to know that it's pretty bad for me the worst is La Liga mm. I just there was a game once where he blew the whistle a whole minute before the added time was up Oh, yeah, I heard about this. And then they had to, like, play the extra minute afterwards. Yeah, and then everyone took off their boots and what have you. And their shin pads. So they had to go back out from the tunnel, you know, half-dressed. And basically put their boots back on on the field. Just to play out the extra minute. The extra minute, yeah. But to be fair, I can't remember who it was now, but they were one, they were a goal down. Yeah. And they were like, you know. It wasn't like it was 3 0. No. But I think it's fair you have to play out the, the, the time allotted, you know? Yeah. Yeah, oh. so that's definitely. I mean, the, the diving over, where, over there is just as bad, and they, they get a lot more penalties as well because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I mean, my mind always goes back to um, that Busquets incident where you could see him looking through his fingers at the ref. Right? Yeah. 
Well, you know, it, it, it's all right to laugh at, but I'm sure if you were a fan of the other team, you'd be fuming. Yeah, I mean... You know, if Bruno does that against Chelsea, I'm sure you're not laughing at it. Oh, I bet he's... Well, I bet that it happens. Bruno is one of the worst for it. Diving... If you dive, VAR needs to enforce a yellow. Mm. I think... I think a lot of criticism around um, Man United getting a lot of penalties is slightly unfair because I think a lot of them are penalties, but you know there are some other ones like you, your mind goes to the not this Villa game but the reverse leg where Bruno basically stamps on Conte and Bruno gets a penalty, which you know the mind boggles at how. You know, he manages to get a penalty from that, but, you know. But it's the stuff they get away with as well. Like, the Asper quite getting dragged down by Maguire, that was not the end of the penalty. Mm. Like, it, it, it's, it's just the stuff that goes for them, whether it be in their own box or the other box. Mm. And the standard refereeing... It it does it does make people think. Do you know what? I do think that there is something untruth in that United bribe referees. I well, it makes you think that. But I think yeah, because it happened for years. Yeah, it did. To be fair, and it's still happening. Even is with it? VAR, it they might they may. There may be a time where, yeah, okay... Allegedly. I think we should add allegedly. These are my thoughts and opinions. Yeah. Yes. Um, Fucking, you know, Metro Police, go to his house, not mine. What are they going to do? Oh, he's conspiring... Against Man United, against the Glazers. They're going to send the CIA out to deal with you. The CIA, wow. Yeah. And Joel Glazer's got them in their back pockets. Yeah, but I'm just saying stuff. I'm not. I just think there is some truth to it. Right. End of my rant. Right. Um. I don't. I don't think there's some truth to it. The truth is, I just think that refs are shit in this country. Yeah, yes, I think I think I think they're so shit that it looks like that they're taking bribes. Um, yeah, I mean, but they call them UEFA loner, don't they? People don't just—they don't just say these things out of nowhere. Hmm. You know, they call them Barchester United, or at least I do. But yeah, exactly. You do. Yeah, but I, I just. Yeah. We're gonna to have to get Conrad on one of these days because I'm sure oh that that would be a very spicy debate between you two. Uh, yeah, I think um, you know, yeah, we, we yeah we're definitely gonna to have to get Conrad on at some point. Um, 
No, no it would just be a constant debate, and I I don't have the I don't know what the term is. Like, I'm not good at arguments. Yeah. Well, you look like you are on Twitter. Um... What do you mean I look like I am? Well, you get into a lot of them. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but on you can on the internet you can call someone a prick or a dumbass. You can't do that in a direct conversation, even if it is like just in regards to oh, I think your opinion stupid. So what you're saying is you're scared Conrad's gonna beat you up. No, I don't <laughs> want to. No, I don't want to be. I don't want to put. I don't know what the term is like. I don't want to be volatile because I don't agree with someone's opinion when, you know, in actuality that person's perfectly fine. I get on with them, and just one little disagreement is, you know, explodes into a whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, so yeah, Conrad, just let it be known that Harry hates you. Uh, right, so we're gonna move on to. Um, you can edit this, and then it's gonna look really bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm gonna make this you know look the worst, and then I'm gonna at Conrad. Um. Uh, yeah, it's it's my. The the trailer for that. Oh uh, yeah, it's well it's my duty to start some beef definitely. Um. I'm going to move on to um, West Ham and Everton then. This is basically, you'd think, West Ham's top four hopes dashed with this loss. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I mean, there's a very, very slim chance. It's not mathematically impossible. Oh. But it's more... It's less possible. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they're having to rely on, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leicester, um, you know, all of them teams dropping points. Like. Yeah, I mean, they've also got to win their own games as well. I mean, it's just, yeah, everything has to go right for them. Mm. I really did think that you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were going to get Champions League. They looked... I did, yeah. I, I, you know, they, look, they looked amazing against us. I thought, up until this game, that they were going to get Champions League football. And if they'd have won this game, I'd have maintained that. Um, I mean, I, I don't know... Jesus Christ, I'm going to drop my laptop. Okay, what right. Drop my laptop, right? Oh, nice one. Thanks. I mean, Moyes returning against his old club. Uh, mm. I don't know. I think Moyes has to get his manager of the season. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he won't get it because they give it to they basically give it to whoever wins the league. Like last season, they gave it to Klopp. Um, when Dyche got Burnley into Europe, they gave it to Guardiola. Right. Well, I do disagree with that one, but the um the Klopp one was because it was Liverpool's first ever Premier League title. I think that's fair. Yeah. 
And Liverpool yeah. are away the best team in the in the league. Yeah, but just because you're the best team doesn't mean that they were the best manager. Like. Mm. Yeah. Like they they do just give it to whoever um, wins the league. I mean, out of the past eight winners, there's only been um, you know there's only been uh, one winner from outside of the team who's won the league, and that was um, Tony Pulis for his um, you know how Crystal Palace did in the 13-14 season. Okay. Which, you know, I'm surprised at that, to be honest with you, because I don't really remember anything about that. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just, they just give it to whoever wins the league, really, which, you know. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, last year, definitely, the year that Burnley got Europe, they should have won it, most definitely. I mean, that's quite a feat. I mean, they, they, make, it, they make a big deal about, oh, this is Burnley's successive season in the Premier League, but mm. they, didn't, they refused to mention the fact that they were in Europe. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I know that Daesh has... Um, come out and actually said that he thinks that this season is his um you know it's his best season in his opinion purely because of you know the stuff that he's had to deal with off the pitch as well this is he personally classes this as more impressive than his Europa League season um which you know goes to show some of the chaos that was probably happening behind the scenes um but yeah I mean yeah I just think that um you know Daft. It's just a bit daft if Moyes doesn't get manager of the year. Uh, but I mean, as for this game, you know, Calvert Lewin getting another goal as well, um, which has probably sealed his place in the Euro squad. And uh, West Ham, you know, they had a lot of the ball. They had about seventy percent possession, but they didn't have a single shot on target. You know, they barely created anything, particularly in the first half as well. They barely created any chances for themselves. Yeah, Everton did very well defensively. I thought. Um... Yeah, that back five really sort of nullified West Ham. Which we rarely have seen under, you know, Moyes with Lingard. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because they've got plenty of attacking threat in that team of West Ham, you know. Got, uh, you know, like you say, Lingard, got Bowen, Ben Rama, Fornals, um, Antonio. They've got, you know, plenty of attacking options. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they lack a target man. I think that could be someone to look towards in mm. uh, January, just to offer them up January in the summer. Um, just give them another well, option. Well, I think that's um, what they sort of um, thought they were going to be getting in Sebastian Allaire. Obviously, that didn't work out. Um, but yeah, I think that's um, something that I think they could potentially be looking at in the summer is another striker. Um, yeah. And um, I believe they've now signed uh, Dawson on a permanent deal because he only cost yes. three million. Mm. So 
I don't think you can go wrong with that. Mm. I think if they are um, going to switch to this three at the back system that they've deployed quite a bit, I do think they need another centre-back. I don't think Balbuena is good enough for Premier League, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. I think sometimes Diop can be a bit dodgy. Mm. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I know they um, made, I think it was three bids it ended up being for James Tarkovsky in the summer. Um, you know, obviously, last summer, I wouldn't have classed Burnley to West Ham as a step up, you know, considering West Ham finished 16th and we finished 10th. But, you know, obviously this season it would be a step up. Um, so I think that is a move that, you know, just makes sense, really. You know, especially with Tarkovsky's contract coming to an end, it feels like the sort of move that makes sense for all parties, really. And it'll still be in part and blue. Exactly, yeah. Really? Um, would, I mean, would uh, Burnley have... I mean, I don't think they'd be able to get March if, he, if his contract's run up, so do you think they'd be able to get a equally strong centre-back in or not? Um, well, I mean, you'd like to think that we'd be able to potentially get £30 million for him. I mean, I know his contract's coming to an end. You know, it's only got 12 months left. But, you know, you'd like to think with the quality that he has that he's worth £30 million. Um, and I mean, 30% of that goes to Brentford because of a clause that they put in when we signed him. So realistically, we'd only see about 20 million of that. Um, but I think with the 20 million that we get for um, Tarkovsky, plus the 8 million that we'll get from Ben Gibson because Norwich have got promoted, that gives us about 30 million pounds, which, you know, you can easily get a quality centre-back from that, whether it's someone like a Nathan Collins or a Harry Sutar. Um, you know, whether it's someone like Jake Cooper, you know, or whether, you know, we might start looking abroad. I mean, you don't know what, um, you know, Alan Pace is going to bring to the table when it comes to um, bringing in players. But, you know, I think we definitely would be able to bring in a top quality um, replacement for Tarkovsky if we did sell him, which, you know, we'd have to do considering how important he's been over the past, you know, three or four years for us. Who would you want to see? Personally, I'd want to see Nathan Collins. I think he is, you know, one of the best, most promising young centre-backs in the championship. Um, I think that, you know, I just think he's brilliant. He's tall, he's mobile, um, he's got a good passing range on him, he's got a good head on him, you know, and he's still only young. So I think, you know, it would be a brilliant signing for us. Because, again, you've got to think about, you know, because we're Burnley, you know, you've got to think about, you know, either having a sell-on value or having someone who will be here for a while because we are a selling club. You know, so, um, you know, I think Collins is someone who we can bring in and then we could probably sell him for double the price in a couple of years, like we've done with Tarkovsky, like we did with Keane. So, yeah, I think that would be a 
really good sort of replacement for us. Because I can't see Tarkovsky saying, I'll be honest with you. Is he the Luton guy? No, um, he Stoke. Did he used to play for Luton? Uh, he might have done. I don't think he has. I know we um made bids for him in um January. We made bids for him, uh, which were rejected, and we made a bid for um Ben Davis, which was actually accepted by Preston. Um, but obviously Liverpool swooped in at the last minute and you know snatched him from under his nose. Um, which I think you know bringing in Ben Davis, it would have been you know for 3.5 million which is what he would have cost which is what he cost Liverpool I think it would have been an absolute bargain I think it was a no brainer at that price but you have got to think next season he's probably going to be triple that from from Liverpool he's going, they're going to want at least 10 million so you know I don't think we should be paying that to be completely honest with you I I don't know why they signed him well, it was just a panic buy you know they if that was, you know, about 24 hours before they got Kabak. They obviously thought they weren't going to be able to sign Kabak, so they just signed Ben Davies quickly, you know, just to get anyone in. Think it was time and money. Do you want to use him? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Benefited. Again, it's the sake of, you know, that they'll probably be able to sell him on for a profit, considering they only bought him for £3.5 million. Um, He'll probably never make an appearance. He probably won't, no. But they'll probably be able to sell him on for a profit, purely because he was worth about, you know, at least £10 million just based off his Preston time. Yeah. It was absolute bargain for three and a half million. I guess when a club like Liverpool comes knocking, you're you're gonna wanna get that. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, we had the offer accepted, you know. So if you're a player and you know your options are, you know, sit on Burnley's bench for six months and then you might be able to start next season, and you'll earn like twenty, thirty grand a week, or sit on Liverpool's bench and you'll earn 80 grand a week. Like, yeah, I know which option I'd take. He's not 80 grand, is he? Well, he'll, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on something like that. Yeah. I know Nat Phillips is on 70 grand a week. What? Yeah. But he just got called out from the academy. I know. But yeah, he had the... Just giving him like a big new contract or something. That's ridiculous. I mean, talking about, I like Nat Phillips. I think he's a good defender. I'd definitely take him at Burnley. Um, you know, but. Well, the, the Liverpool's second game, um, I don't think to say about him, but. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you do. Uh, but we'll get into that at some point. We've really deviated from this West Ham Everton game. Is there anything else you want to say about this, or we're to move on to the Arsenal West Brom game? Let's get into Arsenal West Brom. Uh, all right. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game then? It was like West Brom were already relegated. 
and they they weren't fighting for anything. They they it was a very poor performance that secured their relegation. But they were, like I said, they were playing like they already had been relegated, and there was nothing to play for. It was poor. Mm. They had if I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, they had a good twenty minutes. Mm. Then the goal went in, and that it was, you know, that was it. Just collapsed from there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just a sake of Arsenal had more quality than him at the end of the day, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, and I think you know, despite dis- what's that? They have the ability to shot. Mm. Yeah, I mean they've taken four points off of Chelsea this season. Exactly, and they they drew with City at the start of the season. Mm. I think they've drawn with Liverpool as well. That definitely sounds correct. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they've they've pulled some good results out of the bag, definitely. Um, but you know, like they're just—I think the players sort of knew that they were down already. Like you know, despite what I'm sure Sam Allardyce was saying in the changing rooms, um, you know, I, I, the players were playing like they were already down. Exactly. Yeah. And with um, that mentality, you're just gonna make your thoughts into reality. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, when William scoring past you, do you deserve to go down? Um, yeah. I mean, Smith Rowe got a goal um, in this game. Obviously, he gets a goal um, later on in a game that we will talk about. Um, but he's really stepped into his own Smith Rowe. I remember, you know, when he was at Huddersfield, I was saying, you know, oh, they should be giving Smith Rowe a chance. Um, you know, I know you never seen him so you didn't know but you know I was a big fan of him back from you know even in his Huddersfield days um, and I think he's starting to show his quality Smith role he's a lot different to what they have at Arsenal with you know the rest of the players he feels more of a um, a direct type player um, but you know he's he's really good Smith role I personally really like him I think I can't remember who it was but they compared him to Paul Gascoigne someone who will drive the ball from midfield into attack. Mm. You sort of uh, laugh at that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just his style of play, I can see that. But obviously, you know, in terms of comparing the two players, you know, that's you know, stupid. <laughs> yeah, in terms of quality, at least. Well, I, I think they were just saying he... he He's got the same sort of mentality in that mm. he'll drive the ball forward. He helps carry the ball. He's a lot more. He's a, lot, a very positive player. You know, mm. he never plays back. Which I agree with. He is like that. Yeah, and I think that's probably his best attribute. His finishing can do some work. Because. Mm. In the later game, he could have very easily missed that. Yeah. 
Well, you know, he scored it, and, you know, that's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah, just. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. They were, um, apart from that, you know, there were two um, unlikely scorers, uh, Willian and Pepe getting on the score sheet, you know, two players who haven't had the best time in Arsenal shirts, I think it's fair to say. Um, you know, you've got to be thinking, you know, are Arsenal going to stick with Nicolas Pepe, um, you know, next season? You'd think that, you know, there will be someone interested in Pepe. You know, do they try to cash in? Because he, he hasn't been great for Arsenal. And, you know, you'd you think that, you know, if they could sell him on for, you know, anything, you know, sim- close to like a £30 million offer, you know, I'd snap your hand off for that if I'm Arsenal personally. For Pepe? For Pepe. Ah. I like him. I think he's a good player, but he just hasn't worked out for him at Arsenal. I don't think they're a right fit. Yeah, I mean, you're losing that in 42 million. Do they? He's still young. How long has he been there? Two seasons? Two seasons, yes. We, mm. Yeah. You've you got to think, you know, if he was going to kick on, it would have been this season. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go agree with you. I don't think... I don't think he's going to get any better, yeah. I think, you know... It's just a case of cutting your losses if you can get a decent offer for him. Agreed, yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, pure speculation from mind. I've not heard anything about teams being interested in Pepe or anything like that, you know, but, you know, it's just a, an interesting hypothetical. Um, but, yeah, um, I mean... There's not really too much to add on to this West Brom game, really. Is there what else you all want to add? No. No? Um, uh, uh, yeah, it was, to be fair. Um, but now I think um, you know, we'll move on to um, Burnley You know, confirming their own survival. The relegated... Fulham, um, and yeah, it was just a brilliant performance from us, really. I think first half, we came at them, we, you know, we were really, you know, we were good in transition, we, you know, pressed high, we won the ball in good areas, in dangerous areas, um, and we punished them. Um, you know, Fulham couldn't handle with pressing, you know, either you know, offensively, whether it's, you know, pressing the la- the defensive lines or defensively, you know, like, you know, when we're pressing their forwards, they couldn't handle that. Um, and, you know, we managed to bag two goals. The second goal before our time was a brilliant strike from Chris Wood, you know, the most informed striker in the Premier League at the moment. Um, and, th- and the second half, we just sat back. You know, we knew Fulham were going to throw the kitchen sink out because it was about their Premier League survival. So we just sat back, 
We soaked up the pressure. We knew we didn't have to create anything. Um, and we just dealt with everything that came to us. You know, I mean, I think that's shown the difference in tactics between the first half and the second half. The first half, we had a 1.56 XG. The second half, we had a 0.11 XG. You know, there was it was a complete switch in terms of tactics. And it worked. You know, we completely shut Fulham out of the game in that second half. Um, and, yeah, it was, just, you know, the perfect win, really. Out two words. Go on, man. I'm going to add that down. Thank, and That's not two words. All right, OK. Well, I'm going to... Fuck Fulham. Right. <laughs> no, but building on to that, um, I'm glad you relegated them. Because, mm. uh, yeah. As a Chelsea fan, I'm sure you don't have the brightest of opinions about Fulham. Well, we talked in that last episode. They're, they're, the, the signings they made, they don't have the foresight beyond the season they have at the moment. And like you said, how are you met? How do you integrate new players when you've already got you played a season with this core eleven, and then you're switching up your first eleven by putting the new goalkeeper, new right back, new centre mid, new striker, new left mid? That you you're never going to work like that. And you put you touched on that perfectly last uh, episode. Mm. Especially this season as well, when I think it was the shortest ever preparation time that a team's had for the Premier League. Between the start of the season and the playoff final last season, I think there was about three, four weeks. Which, when you're bringing in ten new players and asking them to, you know, gel in a month, it's not going to work, is it? No, do they not have, even have friendlies? Well, I think they had friendlies, yeah. So what's that like? One or two games? That's not. That's not enough to. Uh... And that's barely any time on the training ground. Yeah. So, and then I guess next season, they're going to be given a big budget again in the championship within the uh, I don't know, the, the lenient FFP rules. Mm-hmm. Bring in more new faces. They're going to come well, into the first team. But I don't think it'll be that. I think it'll be a case of, you know, oh, Okay, Joe Bryan. I know you got us promoted last season, not last season, but I know you got us promoted two seasons ago and we dropped you this season. But, you know, you're going to be coming back into the side now. And the same with players like, you know, Tom Kearney, um, Mitrovic to a certain extent, um, Tim Ream, you know, Marcus Rodak, players like that, you know. They're players who, you know, they just revert back to when they get relegated for them. We saw that last season, and I think we're going to see that next season. And then they, and then if they manage to get promoted with those players, they'll go out and sign an entire new 11 again. Yeah, so they need to break that cycle of being a yo-yo team. They certainly have the finances to do so. I think the man in charge of their transfers is a complete lunatic. Um, he has no footland knowledge because he just thinks oh this player is good um you know i think i'll do a job for us without looking into the mentality and the chemistry between players because championship players when the championship they're gonna have all 
develop links. They're going to two players are going to be linking up up top, getting goals with each other. Then you're going to change that up. So you're going to might have mm. Mitrovic still, and then you bring in I don't know Bamford or yeah. whoever, and then it ruins whoever's that partner. Yeah, I mean and you know look at look at the sorry I'll just say look at the partnership that. Um, Wood and Vidra have had this season. I mean, Vidra's, you know, I, I don't know if you watched the full 90 minutes um, of this game, but I mean, the way that Vidra, you know, cut open the lines, completely split open Fulham's defence time and time again. I mean, he got the assist for the first goal just by splitting open the line, and that allows Chris Wood to get more space, you know, to, you know, score. Like, that partnership has really blossomed. And I think, you know, it'd be a waste to just sign a new forward next season and completely squander that partnership, which is something that Fulham do every time they go up. Did did they have any loan signings when they were in the championship? Um, I don't think so, but I'll look it up because I'm not 100% confident about that. No, I think they had Harrison Reid on loan, but... Like it, there was a clause to sign him permanently, which they took up this season. But apart from that, I can't remember any loans. I'm gonna have a look. Right. What season would that have been? Uh, 1920. 1920, yeah. Uh, they brought in Knockhart and Cavalera. They signed Cavalera permanently. Did they sign Knockhart? Permanently? No, he's at Forest now. Oh yeah, they, oh yeah, they brought in um, Reed on loan, who they've bought, and they brought in um, Congolo on loan, who they've bought. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. So they they just well, I guess, but I don't see Ariola sticking with um. Them. I think oh no, they've only got clauses on one of the loan players that they've signed this season, and that's um, Mario Lamina. I think it's an eight million pound um, um, obligation to buy clause. I don't, I don't know if it's an obligation or an option. Probably an option, considering they've gone down. Um, but apart from that, there were no options to buy Luckman or Ariola or you know Ola Ena or anyone like that. They can still negotiate, but I can't see them being able to, considering they're in the championship. No, that's true. I mean, I think Saints would be willing to sell Lamina. Mm. Just like how they're willing to sell Reed. Yeah. Well, that's the thing as well. Another player, Reed. I mean, you know, he was brilliant for forming the championship last season. But, you know, they've ended up bringing in Loftus-Cheek, who's been shite for them. They've brought in uh, Lamina, who's been, you know, fairly shite. You know. Um, I mean, Wolves played 29 games this season. Reed? Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of those haven't been 90 minutes. Um... 73 versus uh, Wolves, 90 versus Villa, 90 versus City, 90 versus Liverpool, 
90 versus Spurs, 90 versus Palace, 90 versus... All right, we get the point. We get the point. I'm chatting shit. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like he's played less than he has, then. How about that? Okay, he's obviously not been that good, then, has he? Right. Well, him. obviously not. He was good in the Championship, at least. That, that was my main point. And I'm sure it'll be good next season for him. I thought um Josh Madger was good when he first signed on loan. Yeah, I thought he was as well, but then he sort of fell off. Yeah, it kind of shocked me. He went from um, Sunderland to Bordeaux. Uh, well, there's a lot of players what have gone from Sunderland to big clubs. I mean... Yeah, but Bordeaux's not a big club. Well, you know... Compared to Sunderland, they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, didn't you sign that Sunderland centre-back? Like, Djibouti or something like that. Yeah, Djilobodji, yeah. Djilobodji, yeah. And obviously Pickford went to Everton. Yeah. I don't think we signed them from Bordeaux. What? I don't... Oh, yeah, no, sorry, you're right. We did sign him from Sunderland. Yeah. Uh, why? I, I don't know. Has he ever played a minute for you? No. Uh, uh, he went on a free. Verd Bremen's my guess. No, 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 wait. We bought him from Bremen. And oh. To Sunderland. Oh, right. And then, wait. Oh no! And then they bought him. Oh right. What? This is confusing. No, we bought him from Nantes, loaned him out to Bremen, sold him to Sunderland. Sunderland loaned him out to Dijon. Right. That, that our loan thing is fucked. I don't understand why we sign players just yeah. to loan them out. That's the thing. Is like like you know, uh, Malang Sars probably going to be the next one of them. Like, I hope not. He had a really good game when he came off the bench against Juve. Yeah. Well, he's barely played this season, hasn't he? If I, if I recall correctly. Ah, uh, I can have a look for you. Yeah. You I'd... are correct. He's played more for uh, FC Porto B. Oh, nice. Which, you know, I'm sure you'd, you'd rather just have him in the Chelsea youth team than the Porto youth team. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But then we've we've been... Um, I don't know whether you've noticed it, but we've called out... I, I don't know his um, whether he's good or not, but his name is uh, Livramento. He's been on the bench for us. I haven't noticed that, no. In the last two games, yeah, so... Yeah. Apparently, he must be better. Yeah. Aye, uh, um... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... we move on, then? Because um, we sort of yeah, diverged yeah, from Fulham and Burnley. Um... Yeah, we'll go to Man um, United and Leicester. What were your thoughts on this game? Big ups, Luke Thomas. But then, 
big downs Luke Thomas because then uh, he gives away the goal. Yeah. Um, I think the deserved team won. Uh, this is what I mean with the night and day performances. They were absolutely abysmal. I think, and then they play. At, you know, it was a, it was a rotated Man United. Yeah. But you know, you, outside of a language, you'd expect that team to have won in the form that 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 lesser in the sort of. You, you just don't know what you're gonna get with lesser. I thought they were really good. The man in particular, Wilfred and Deeding, breaking yeah. that play, play in the middle. Just, yeah, he's he just played. He's such a good much player, isn't he? Huh? Oh, I was just saying he's so good, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, if Leicester somehow miss out on the top four, and it would take, you know, something rather special to do that from mm. Liverpool, um, I think he'll, he'll be on the move. Mm. I'd think there'd be quite a few Leicester players on the move because there's a lot of them who are definitely good enough to play Champions League and after missing out on it like late on in the season with two you know two seasons in a row I feel like a lot of players you know Tillemans and Didi um, you know maybe even someone like a Madison and Barnes um, you know I feel like they'd potentially be on the way out Pereira's another one as well um, you know I feel like um, there's a lot of players in that Leicester team who are good enough to be playing Champions League football and should be playing Champions League football. So, I mean, a player I'd like to see go to Chelsea in particular is um, Wes Fofana. Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely... I think he's been brilliant. I think, you know, he could end up in the next, you know, sort of two or three years becoming one of the top centre-halves in the world. I really do. I think, you know, no, you know, sort of disrespect to Leicester, but I think he's definitely um, destined for, you know, a bigger club than Leicester. I think he's going to end up at one of the top clubs in Europe within the next two or three years. I really do. So Chelsea, yeah? Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I sense a hint of sarcasm, but you are in a Champions League final. Yeah, so well, we can definitely afford him. I mean, and we've bought from Leicester before. So. Mm. Yeah, because that worked out well, didn't it? Yeah, we got Kante. Shut up. Yeah, you also got drink water. <laughs> and I, I swear, didn't drink water cost more than Kante? I know drink water cost 35 million. How much did Kante cost? Uh, mm, I will look. Yeah, it was definitely a um, win one, lose one situation. How much did he cost? 32. So drink water cost more than Kante for Chelsea. How does that feel? Yeah, but Mahrez cost 60 million. Is he that, was he at that stage that much better than Kante? Um. his fee? Not based off of his last season at Leicester, because he didn't really care. Um, mm. I think he's proven to be worth that now. 
Because I think he's one of the most underrated wingers in the league. I think, you know, he's consistently put in brilliant performances for Man City. And I think this season has been, you know, one of the few seasons where he's actually had the minutes to be able to back up his performances. You know, he's only really had 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there in previous seasons. Mainly because Sterling's been pretty shite this season, so he's actually had a chance to play. I'm just looking at some of our most expensive signings, and a lot of them are hit and miss. Mm. Well, Havertz was your record signing, yeah? Yes. Mm. And then, what is it? Kepa. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about Kepper. Uh, I mean, we'll get we'll get on to Kepper, but go on. It was after Kepper. What do you mean we'll get on to Kepper? I mean, we'll get on to Kepper. No, no, that's not his fault. His positioning was shat. We'll get we'll get on to it. We'll get on to it. Um, but go on. Who was after Kepper? Morata. Morata. Mm-hmm. Pulisic. Oh, Pulisic, yeah. Go on. Torres. Uh, Torres. Uh. Jorginho. Uh, Jorginho. Uh. What do you mean, mm, Jorginho? I think he's brilliant. No, that, that, that's, that's a mm, noise, you know. I'm, I, I know noises doesn't really um, portray emotions that well, but I've committed to this, so I'm going to stick with it. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> well. Kovacic. Uh, uh, uh. What do you mean? He was player of the season last season. No, time. no, that that's a positive. I don't know how to make a fucking positive noise. It's like, Yay, I don't know. Well, no, because I've got to go the uh, noise. Like. All right, and then 10th the Ziak. Why is that pure silence? Well, because I don't know what the fuck to say. He's not been great. I can't lie. Uh, he, uh, to be fair, he hasn't had much time. Mm. I mean, 12th and 13th, I don't think they've been given a fair trial at Chelsea. Mm. Bakayoko and Bashoi. 14th and 15th and 16th, I think they're fantastic. Drogba, Costa, Essien. Mm-hmm. Drunk water. <laughs> Kante, Willian, Azar. That's our top 20. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's the, def- definitely hit and miss. There's, there's big hits like SDN, Drogba, Azar, Kante, Kovacic, and then you get Kepa. Yeah. And then you Drink water. Even worse. Mm. What's your record sign? Is it is it wood? Uh, it's Ben Gibson. Right. Uh, well, yeah, ours are hit and miss as well. There's Ben Gibson. This is just off the top of my head. There was Ben Gibson, Chris Wood, Jeff Hendrick, Robbie Brady, um, Matty Vidra. Stephen DeFore, Jack Cork, Ashley Westwood. Uh, who else? Uh, I can't remember 
But after that, it's like, you know, play for like five million and stuff, so. Brown Neal. He was five million, wasn't he? It was like three million plus Wells or something like that. So about two and a half million. He should be, uh, he should be in the England town. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of our fans who don't appreciate Brown Hill. Um, but, you know, I think Brown that... He's one of those players where a lot of the stuff he does... Goes unnoticed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you're specifically looking for it, um, you know, it um, he doesn't really get the recognition he deserves. But I think he's the only player in the league to have 60 interceptions and 60 blocks this season, um, you know, which is great. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, we sort of diverged off this Man United game a little bit. Um, I, I just wanted to go back. I know, obviously, you know, it was Leicester's performance that won him the day. Um, you know, it was really good from Leicester, and it was a rotated Man United side, so they weren't obviously going to be that great. But I just wanted to point out that Mason Greenwood's goal was absolutely fantastic, and that he's a gem. Aided by the fact that there was the worst defending you could see. There was, but, you know, he beat about four men. (laughs) Yeah. It was a brilliant goal from Greenwood, and he is a talent. I just think he's better suited out wide, though, to be honest with you, just because of how two-footed he is. Yeah, sometimes he can do all that work and then fail to finish. Mm. I think Casper and Schmeichel was also at fault. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't... Um... It, it wasn't brilliant from Schweichel, I'll say. Um, but yeah, um, don't worry. Unless you've got anything that you're wanting to add on to that game, we can, you know, quickly skim through Southampton and Palace, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Benteke, again, we were talking about how, you know, good Benteke has been this season he bagged a goal you know two minutes into this game you know um you know came from a set piece but you know he did what he had to do he out um strengthened the defenders and managed to get an header in um but southampton you know they came back they pressed hard uh, they created a lot of chances particularly in that second half i think the first half was pretty much all palace but you know they pressed hard and, um, you know, the partnership of Ings and Adams is really good. I think when, whenever Adams plays without Ings, I think he's pretty poor. But I think the partnership together works pretty well. And, you know, we saw that, you know, in this game. Yeah, but I do think that Saints can find a better partner for him. I don't think... I mean, Chad Adams has only got a handful of goals and when you compare that to Ings who has 12 you can see that there's a massive disparity 
Mm. Yeah, he's got eight goals and five assists in 34 games this season as Che Adams. Um, okay. I thought he had less than that. Yeah, that works out to, let me just figure it out, it works out to a goal or assist every 190 minutes. Okay. Jeez. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think he's all right, Adams. I think, you know, he plays a lot worse when Ings is with him, but I think that partnership's good. Um, yeah. I think Saints needed to make Minamino permanent. I think he help, helps as well going forward. Has a lot of pace. Yeah, I think he really does suit that. Um... <clears throat> Sorry, I think he really does suit that um, Southampton team really well. You know, the high pressing um, system that they have. Um, yeah, I feel that works. That you know, it really suits them. Um, who else did you rate? Nathan Redmond. Mm, yeah, Redmond did have a good game. To be fair. Um, but apart from that, there's not really um, too much that we can say about that, really. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we can safely move on to um, the Arsenal and Chelsea game. Um, have you, to, yeah. Do you want to give us your thoughts there? For, do you want to give us your thoughts first? No, I want to hear what you, why you think it's Kepa. Well, no, don't get me wrong. It was a shite pass from Jorginho. I'm not going to defend the pass. But I just think Jorginho's positioning was shit as well. You think you know, Jorginho's? No, 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 no. I, th- I thought Kepa's positioning was shite as well. I think they're both at fault. No, I will tell you who is at fault. Kurt Zuma. He had the ball for ages. And, you know, we're looking to get the ball up there. And he constantly passes back. He receives the ball back. And then he gets himself pinned. So the only option he has is Jorginho. So Mm -hmm. Jorginho gets the ball. He's panicking now because he's now pinned. And guess what? He has to pass back. Kepa's not there. He makes a miraculous stop. And then Arsenal, because of that high press, they're already there. And Emil Smith-Rowe puts it away. Mm. And they basically shut you down for the rest of the game. I think the decision to match that Chelsea shape was very tactically astute from Arteta I think that's sort of um, a glimpse of you know the tactical genius that people like Pep have um, you know banged on about how you know 
or tactically brilliant he is. Um, you know, I think that was an absolutely brilliant decision because it allows you know Arsenal if they sit deep with five defenders, you know, it allows them to um, you know invite the pressure. You know, it doesn't allow players like Mount, Pulisic, Havertz, um, you know, Reese James. It doesn't allow them to get in behind, which is what they're good at, Chelsea. That's how they create most of their chances. You know, getting to the byline, getting in behind defences, pulling back, you know, sort of zigzag sort of passing shapes. You know, Arsenal didn't allow them to do that. And, you know, quite uncharacteristically from Arsenal, they defended really well in this game. Uh See, I totally disagree. Um, they did defend well, don't get me wrong, but to call it tactical genius was we didn't test them. We we constantly tried to drive it in the box, and what we should have done when we got Giroud on was switched it up and get some crosses in there and really test, you know, their aerial prowess, especially when we got someone as good as, you know, Giroud when he's in the air. We didn't do that. And it seems like Tuchel's not interested in renewing the contract of Giroud, so maybe... But then again, maybe we're looking at a new striker, but we have Tammy Abraham refuses to play him as well. Mm. I think, you know, when you look at... um... You know how Vern has been playing under this new Tuchel system, and you look at Tammy Abraham's stats, it becomes clear that why he's not playing Tammy Abraham. He wants his strike. You know, Tammy Abraham's someone who will, you know, linger around the box. You know, he's a poacher slash target man type, and Tuchel wants someone who's going to be more involved in build-up play, and that's why he seems to be picking Werner, you know, constantly over him. Yeah, I mean, but even he's like Tommy doesn't even name him on the bench. Yeah, that is odd. I can't lie. I I hope he doesn't leave. Or feels like he's been shunned by. I can't see him staying. To be completely honest with you, I think that. He'll want to leave Abraham because he'll know that he's not in Tuchel's plans. So. No. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, um, you know, just, um, you know, Chelsea, you know, they didn't seem to switch it up. You know, their attacks, you know, anyway. Um against Arsenal, you know, I think, you know, just because they matched the shape, uh, uh, Arsenal did, you know, they, it allowed them to effectively shut you down, and, you know, that sitting deep, it, you know, it worked out well for them, um, and again, you know, Smith-Rowe getting a goal, again, I'm not sure how much, you know, you can credit Smith-Rowe, but, you know, again, it just shows that he's in the right positions, he's aggressive with that high-pressing, um, and, I'm, you know, I'm not going to bang on too much about him because we've already waxed lyrical about him in this episode. But, you know, he's just, you know, again, showing his quality. And it, it shows, you know, <laughs> they need to be playing the youngsters more, Arsenal. Stop giving the likes of Willian minutes. You know, players like Martinelli, 
players like Saka, players like Smith Rowe, are all having far better seasons than some of the bums that they bring in on massive wages. Um, I didn't really rate that Eddie and Ketio though. Yeah, um, and Ketcher is poor. I can't lie. Uh, so, um, yeah, but they do need to. They need to. They do need to invest in youth instead of older players. But if they, if you're gonna get a player like Woody Ann, they, they got him on a free, didn't they? William, yeah, but you know you got to think how much will the agent fee have been, how much will signing on fee have been, plus he's on two hundred grand a week. Very true. I mean, why would you let him go? And then, why? Sorry, why would you sign him and then get rid of? Ramsey was that last season or this season? No, they got rid of Ramsey um, two seasons ago, didn't they? Oh wow, no, I mean, think anyway. Yeah, I think the money that they've put into William with the agent fees and such could have definitely got a decent young lad to come in. Mm. You know, could definitely harnessed. Um. Being, being used out wide and definitely would have gotten better as he plays. Mm. I guess that, that they're, spot, they're hoping to get out of um, Pepe, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just poor, really. Um, yeah. Um, right. Um, is there what else you're wanting to say on this game? We should have won. I mean, plenty of chances. And I, I said about it in the Ramtrick game, I said about it in the Mantic game, and here we are, bit us on the arse because we just can't seem to finish our dinner. I mean, mm. yeah. But we did have a crazy week. We beat Real Madrid and Man City in a week. I mean, that is... And to be fair, I was expecting a loss against City and then to beat Arsenal. It's been done the other way around. Mm. So we got three points out of a possible six regardless. Mm. It's just the way that it's worked out that it is disappointing. Mm. Uh, yeah, and you know, you, you'd um, think that if you had uh, picked up three points, that would have basically been top four over, you know, wrapped up for you. So, mm-hmm. uh, then, uh, final this weekend, and then Leicester again. I believe we got Villa or Wolves final day. It's Villa final day, I think. Yeah, so, you know, we, we're not getting any days off. Uh, no, definitely not. Um, 
and then obviously the Champions League final. Um, but you know, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting end to the season for Chelsea. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really all to talk about in the Villa Everton game, so we'll skip straight to United Liverpool game. One, we'll take us through your thoughts on this. Liverpool seems like they were back under the peak of clock. They were rapid on their counter-attack. Um, Trent seemed back to his best, even if it was for one game. Um, well, to be completely honest with you, I think Trent's been Liverpool's best player this calendar year. I think ever since January, I think he really has um, stepped up his performances as Trent. I mean... We saw that, uh, you know, with the goal against, was it Villa when he scored? Um, you know, that absolute banger. Um, you know, there was, I remember there was a brilliant cross against Arsenal. What ended up as an assist, there was a brilliant cross against Leeds. What ended up as an assist, I yeah, think. But he's a right back and the things that are getting highlighted defensively are his mistakes. Mm. I.e the header against um, Real Madrid that ended up costing them a goal. Yeah, but we've known that, though. Even when Trent was at his best, like last season, he still wasn't brilliant defensively. We, we've known that. That's not Trent's he wasn't game. Errors. He wasn't making errors anywhere near to the extent he has been this season. Mm. And I think, I think England should pick Matty Cash over him. Mm. I think when I look at the stats in terms of English right backs, Cash is the best defensively. Maybe not offensively, but he does have. He's pretty decent there. He's a reliable hand at the back, which is what we need when we got fucking John Stone trying to catch Pope out. Hmm. No, uh, um, I don't know. I still think that Trent is in. He, he's probably one of England's best players. To be completely honest with you, um, you know, I think that he's be better suited as a as a mid. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of his defensive attributes would be um, disguised and a lot of his offensive attributes would be highlighted if he played as a midfielder. I think that would be, you know, a good... Um, that'd be, it'd be a good position change, I think, but it's not just something that can happen overnight. You know, if he's gone from playing right back all season at Liverpool, you can't just stick him in midfield at the Euros, like... That's true. So don't pick him for don't pick him then. If you don't think if you think his best position or you know you think his best position isn't right back, don't pick him for right back. Mm. Find someone else. No. Um, you said you were going to talk about Nat Phillips as well this game. Do you want to? Yeah, the Bruno shot was going well wide, and he thought, oh, I'll just knee it in my own net. But, uh, what's... 
Huh? Well, I don't know. I mean, I can understand. Allison had it covered. I can understand what he's thinking as a defender. You know, your first instinct is to just get it out. And I think that's just, you know, what he was trying to do there. And I think he was just unfortunate. I think he was just unlucky. Like, you know, I, I don't think that, um, you know, I think he just thought it was going in. So he tried to get it out. Which reminds me, I thought it was going in as well at the time. I mean, it's not been given as an own goal. So officially it was going in. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, it's... But either way, I think Alison had it covered. Yeah, I know, but I can understand, you know, that instinct-wise, I can understand why um, he, you know, tried to block it. And anyway, I think he made up for it at the other end anyway, you know, managing to somehow get away from, like, three United defenders um, and pick a pass to Jota, what ended up being one all. Yeah, that's true. But we were talking about him as a centre back. Mm, true, yeah. But you know, I think he's made up for that mistake. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, Firmino scoring in the 48th minute, and then after that he scored in the 47th minute. Um, yeah, and you know, it's just you know, really weird considering how shite he is. They managed to get a brace against United. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to point out again that I thought that Henderson had a really shocking game. I think, especially with that Salah goal, I think his positioning was absolutely awful. Oh, I think he flapped at basically everything this game. Um, and I think he had an absolutely, he had an absolute stinker. Were you thinking they should well, based off of his performance today, yes, I do. Hmm. Yeah, cause it's weird that De Gea seems to be replicating some of that 2014-15 form. I think it's just because he's got that bit of competition. I mean, it's the same with Luke Shaw, because they brought in Alex Tellers. He's been forced to step his game up. Very true. That's something they've needed, competition. I mean, I think Luke Shaw has possibly been one of the best left backs, if not the best in the Prem. Mm. But Wamsak has definitely been the best out out in that right. No doubt about it. He he's he's brilliant going forward and. He was making some interceptions in that game that were you wouldn't expect from a right back, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, defensively, he's been absolutely brilliant this season. I think, you know, last season, I think he was a little bit shaky, I think, especially for £50 million. Uh, but this season, I think he really stepped up his game. I think there have been times where he's been a bit questionable, but I think, you know, he's definitely come into his own, especially in the second half of this season. Agreed. Um, in that case, I'll say the best left back. Would you say Cancelo's left back or right back? Well, he's played both pretty consistently, hasn't he, this season? I mean, I don't know where he's played more this season, to be honest with you. 
I personally class him as a right back peel because that's where he played most at Juventus, but I'm not sure where he's played more this season, really. Well, I'll just say wan best right back instead of best left back. Then. Oh. Too much competition down that right, otherwise. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, um, I think it was, you know, like you said, it was a glimpse back to how Liverpool, you know, performed last season. And I think, you know, with Van Dijk coming back, with Kanate being brought in for about £30 million, which is a bargain, um, you know. Kanate. Yeah, Kanate. Kanate is in the guy who plays for Leipzig at the moment. Yes. They've signed him. For £30 million. We've got the here we go from Fabrizio, so... Oh, I know that um, Upamecano is going. Upamecano is going to Bayern Munich and Kanate is going to Liverpool, yeah. And Samare is going to Leicester. Hmm. Oh, I must have missed that tweet. Yeah. Okay, that's a decent time for them. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, replacing Reese Williams and Nat Phillips with Van Dijk and Kanate is um, a step up. Um. You know, with Wijnaldum leaving, you've probably either got Curtis Jones getting more game time next season or Liverpool are going to bring in, you know, another quality midfielder. You know, you've got to think they're going to be right up there next season. You know, because if they somehow manage to get top four this season after after the season that they've had, I'll have no idea how they've done it. Yeah, it's definitely not been one of the worst defences by a reigning champion. Mm. Well, yeah, as a Chelsea fan, you'll know that. I thought Leicester had it. Well, I think officially, but, you know. Yeah, we it, it, it would definitely be harsh to say that, you know. Yeah, we definitely had a bad defence. Yeah. Well, yours would be far worse, in my opinion. Purely because Leicester were never expected to win it, so and they pro- and they shouldn't have won it. They were five thousand to one to win it. That's true. Yeah. Um. What are we talking about again? Uh, the um, just how you know Liverpool next season. Uh, you know, they're going to be right up there come the end of the season. You'd assume. Next season, anyway. Uh... Well, isn't Van Dyke going to miss the Euros? Mm, yeah, he's come out and said that um, he doesn't think he's going to be fit for the Euros and he's just going to try and make himself be fit for the start of next season. I was going to say, if he was going to miss the start of next season, that, that would put it at- in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think the only reason he's missing the Euros is so that he doesn't, you know, sort of re-injure something. Yeah, okay, that's fair. 
in that case then it depends on the signs they make um you can see the burnout we're just we're basing this off of one game where they've been back at peak clock you know the rest of the season they've they've really struggled with fatigue more so than other teams and injuries because of the way that clock playing mm. yeah they have i agree with you um but i just think that you know if they're going to play like this with with the injuries you know with Mane being dropped as well you know let's not forget what are they going to be like next season with better players that's just my you know sort of takeaway from that what they're going to get funding from that Henry guy well I mean they've already bought Kanate so was that But once they get Klopp, Matip, uh, Van Dijk, Matip and Gomez back, do they need another centre-back? Um, well, I mean, personally, I would r- much rather have Kanate over Matip and Gomez. That's just me. Uh, I, like I, like I, I mean, Kanate is... In my opinion, the better of the two between him and Upamecano, at least at this point anyway. In the future, it might be different. But... Well, one's going to Bayern and one's going to Liverpool. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of answers it, doesn't it? Well, I think Upamecano gets more of the headlines, but I just think he makes more mistakes than Kanate does. I think Kanate is more consistently solid. Was it Kanato who made the mistake against Liverpool? I don't think so. I think that was up McCarno, wasn't it? No, I'm pretty sure it was Kanato. I didn't know whether it was Liverpool or Madrid, but I didn't know whether Leipzig had Madrid in the Champions League. No, Leipzig got knocked out by Liverpool. Um... Ah, yeah, so yeah, it was in Kanato. I could have sworn, because I know Kanate didn't play in the second leg. Or the first leg. He didn't play against Liverpool. He didn't play? What? No, Kanate never played against Liverpool. Who made the mistake then? Well, I thought it was up on Meccano. Hmm. Oh no, it was Nordy McKeele. Oh wow, we were both wrong. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a new club, so. Yeah. Alright. Um. But yeah. Um. I just think you know. Liverpool are going to be up there next season. I think it'll definitely be an interesting title race. I think, you know, you've got Man City, who are, of course, going to be up there. You'd assume Chelsea are going to be up there, considering I think they've only lost 
you know, well, after Tuchel's come in, after this Arsenal loss, I think they've only lost two games um, since Tuchel's come in. Um, you know, you'd assume Liverpool are going to be back up there with Van Dijk coming back, Canate coming in. And even Manchester United, if they get it right in the summer, they could be up there. So, you know, it could be a very interesting title race next season. Do you think we'll be in it under the show? Yeah, I do. Considering you've only lost two games since he's come in. Well, three. Well, yeah, the portal game. Yeah. But, you know, two, two in the league, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there all else what you're wanting to add, or is that it? That's it. Uh, right, well, um, are you going to plug yourself then? Where can we find you, Harry? At Hazard Twitch 10. Right. Um, and you can follow me at Chris underscore underscore BFC, and you can follow the podcast at Anti Football Pod. Um, that is it from us lot and we'll speak to you a lot next time. <laughs>